Podcasts, a new podcast on public health from the state of Maryland. I'm Mike Ricci, and today we are answering your COVID-19 vaccine questions. Uh, we always look to the experts to help us answer your questions, and today we're welcoming Dr. Kathleen Page. Dr. Page is a professor in the Division of Infectious Diseases at the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine. Dr. Page, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Dr. Page, <laughs> what is a typical day in the life like right now? for a professor in the Division of Infectious Diseases? Well, uh, pretty busy, but that I think applies to, I guess, many people uh, working on the on these issues and the pandemic. Um, depending on the day, uh, sometimes I, I see patients in the hospital and, and if that's what I'm doing, that's the first thing I do is go down to the hospital and, and take care of patients. Um, that varies, it's not every day that I'm seeing patients. Um, and I would say that the rest of my time, especially recently, has really been focused pretty significantly on uh, working on vaccine equity, um, making sure that not only my patients, but people in the community have uh, the answers and the, and the information they need so that they can make a good decision about the vaccine for them and their families. Um, and also uh, working through the logistics and, and making sure that those who maybe don't have uh, access to computers, don't have transportation, have, have other barriers that make it hard for them to sign up for the vaccine um, can actually uh, get the vaccine as well. So we really just wanna start with the basics and the most basic question we get is what is actually in a COVID-19 vaccine? What is actually in it? Yeah, that's a really good question and one that I uh, get asked a lot. And, and maybe I'll back up a, a little bit and say that uh, all vaccines uh, sort of work uh, in, in, certain, in, in, a, in a similar fashion, uh, whether it's a COVID vaccine or, or other vaccines. And what they do is they really uh, harness and take advantage of the power of our own immune system. And so the, the, the science behind a vaccine is that you basically train your immune system to respond to a pathogen, to, to an infection, uh, so that when you get exposed to that infection, it doesn't cause a problem. And in the, in the case of COVID, uh, the pathogen is COVID. So we're training, the vaccine is training our, our own defenses, our immune system to recognize COVID when we're exposed so that we don't actually get infected or seriously ill um, if we're vaccinated. So that's sort of how vaccines work. And so what is in this uh, COVID vaccine? And it really depends on the vaccine. Uh, but, the, but the bottom line is that the way that we train our immune system to respond to a pathogen is that we actually show the immune system a piece of that pathogen. And that's how uh, the immune system uh, recognizes. And one of the amazing and mysterious and, and wonderful things that are about our immune system it, it, is that it has memory. So if you show the immune system a little piece of COVID, not the whole virus, but a little piece of COVID, um, it'll remember. And when it sees that COVID again, it'll respond and, and attack it basically. Um, and so uh, even more specifically, COVID has, um, has uh, this protein that many of you may have heard of, it's called spike. It's a, it's a, very, uh, a, a very important protein in COVID. Uh, the way it works is it's like the key to get entry into a house. The way spike can in, infect us um, and, and uh, is by using that key, spike. And so all of the vaccines that we're talking about right now, um, in some sort of way, tell our bodies to defend against spike so that the virus, uh, if we get exposed, can, can't use that key to get into our bodies. And that's really how it works. 
Um, and so some vaccines, um, the ones Pfizer and Moderna, the ones that are currently approved, um, tell our bodies to defend against spike by telling our bodies, they send a messenger, it's called messenger RNA. Um, it's a short message that doesn't last in our body very long, but it tells ourselves, make that spike. Our body makes that spike, not the whole virus. It just makes that spike. And then our immune system recognizes it so that when it sees it again, it'll protect against COVID and, and, and protect against spike, basically. Um, and some of the other vaccines do this in different ways, whether it's a little piece of spike that the actual protein goes into our body and then our, our body responds to it. And that's how we provide defense. But, but the, the important thing here is that, um, you know, we're using science that we've used for decades. This is not new. The way that vaccines work is that we, we expose to a little piece of whatever it is that we want to defend against. And then that creates memory so that we defend. And secondly, that, you know, we're never ever giving the whole virus. We're not giving the whole COVID. We're just giving a little piece um, so that, that that little piece can't cause any harm. What it really does is wakes up our immune system and makes it remember for the next time. So just to follow up there, because you talked about a pathogen of the virus, a piece of the virus, you know, you're not actually being injected with the full virus, just to clarify, make sure people fully understand this, you're not being injected with the virus itself. You are not being injected with the virus itself. It's it's a, either a mess, a little message that tells you make a little piece of the virus. It's like, instead of a car, you're just getting the wheel. Uh, and if you just get the wheel, you're not going to go far. And likewise, you know, if you, get, you just get like the spike or message saying the spike, that, that nothing's going to happen because there's no virus there to to cause any problem. At the uh, launch of our vaccine confidence campaign, you, uh, I remember you called yourself a bit of a nerd for <laughs> reading all of the many studies that have been done about vaccines. And one word that we've all come to use a lot among many in this pandemic, but one of the big words of the day is efficacy. And what does efficacy mean in this context? And what these studies that you've read and we, uh, we haven't, what do these studies tell us about the vaccine's efficacy? Yeah, so uh, efficacy in simple terms means how well does this vaccine work? Um, and so I'll give you an example. If a vaccine did not work at all, um, the same number of people who got the vaccine as those that didn't get the vaccine, and this is what we do in trials, we give half the people the vaccine and half the people not the vaccine. So if the vaccine didn't work at all, uh, the same number of people who got the vaccine as well as those that didn't get the vaccine would get the virus. It wouldn't do anything. Um, when we talk about 95% efficacy, it means that basically 95% fewer people who got the vaccine got the virus compared to those that um, did not get the vaccine. And so to give uh, even more context, say that you have a group that didn't get the vaccine, and in that group, 20 people got the virus. They got infected. In the group that uh, got the vaccine, only one person would get the virus instead of 20. And that's really what 95% efficacy means. How well does this vaccine do to protect us against COVID? 95% is pretty high, right? Like, I think that's, I believe the measles, the MMR vaccine is 93% effective against measles and it's basically wiped out measles in the Western world. So 95% is really good, right? It, it is amazing. It really exceeded all our expectations. When, when we, you know, when the scientific community started working on the COVID vaccine, 
uh, you would hear things like, if we can get a vaccine that works 60%, 70% efficacy, that'll be great. Even 50% efficacy, if you have a 50% efficacy vaccine, that means half the people that would have gotten it, got it. Half is not great, but it's still less than all. Um, and so here we're talking about 95% fewer people that would have gotten it um, get, uh, get, can get the virus if they get vaccinated. So this is really amazing. And it's the type of effect, effectiveness level that really can potentially eradicate a, 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 an infection if, if there's enough um, vaccination, et cetera. You talked about uh, 60 to 70%. Um, one thing that may be coming in the next few weeks or so is the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which I believe is a, so it's a single dose vaccine that we believe is about 66% uh, mm -hmm. efficacy. What, um, and I know that CDC will have to issue guidance after it's approved by the FDA and some of this is down the road, but I imagine these are conversations you're gonna be having with patients about the single dose at 66 versus the two dose at 95. And what are those, I mean, what is your thinking right now on that? And, and what should people be looking for as the FDA makes its decisions on the single dose? at 66%. Yeah, I, I suspect and I hope actually that we do get guidance from uh, the FDA as well as the CDC as to how to deploy these vaccines. Um, my sense is that some of it will depend on access and, and there probably will be prioritization in terms of uh, getting uh, the most, the higher effectiveness vaccine to those who really are at the highest risk for severe COVID for having really bad outcomes uh, and maybe uh, the, the other vaccine uh, to, to groups that are at a lesser risk to have severe, severe COVID, uh, like for example, younger, healthy individuals, or, um, or those that for whatever reason can only make it to one shot. And that, that's probably a limited group, but um, I think those are some of the conversations. But to be honest with you, uh, I do hope there's, there's clear guidance because otherwise I think it will be quite confusing for everyone. Sure. Um, at that vaccine confidence launch, you gave an impassioned speech in Spanish to our Hispanic community, and you've mentioned that you work a lot with immigrant communities. Um, what, without, you don't have to give us any specific examples, but I'm sure you have these conversations every day with people in these communities who are worried or they're not sure about the vaccine. Um, hopefully some of those conversations work and they lead to people wanting to take it. And can you walk us through what those conversations are like? What are people saying and what are you saying and how are things turning out right now? Yeah, so I actually, um, I, I have to say I've been really pleasantly surprised. Uh, I've been uh, over the last few weeks really involved in a lot of outreach, a lot of uh, community forums, really to try to understand what uh, people's concerns are and, their, and, and be able to answer questions. And the first thing I would say is that, you know, I think it's, it's important to acknowledge uh, that, that people uh, have concerns and, and there's many reasons why. Um, and and, and, uh, and for some people, there's, there's a history of, um, you know, either mistreatment or sort of feeling marginalized that, that can, can really um, make them a little bit more um, hesitant uh, to, uh, to, to get something. But the types of concerns I've heard have been, uh, some of it has been just um, lack of understanding. Uh, safety always comes up. That's a question that everyone has. Like, how do we know that this vaccine is safe? Um, 
some concerns about the, the type of vaccine and conf maybe confusion that the mRNA vaccine, as I mentioned, is just a message uh, that doesn't last very long and tells your body what to do, but it does not become part of your genetic material, uh, that type of thing. Um, some concern about whether the vaccine, um, you know, whether um, uh, the people, um, you know, this is safe for immigrants in the sense that their uh, information will be protected and, and they won't face oh. any um, yeah. uh, untoward effect by, by sharing their personal information. But actually, I will say that one of the biggest questions I get, and I think this is encouraging, is will this vaccine will be available for people who, who don't have health insurance, who don't maybe don't have papers for free? Is this available for immigrants like myself? And, and, and my sense is, and what I'm hearing is that a lot of people are really interested in getting the vaccine. They just are, are, are eager to get vaccinated because they've seen so many people suffer um, and they're just trying to figure out um, the access, you know, when they will meet criteria based on the uh, phases of deployment. But, but I, I, I have been pleasantly surprised uh, by, by lots of people telling me they really are interested in getting the vaccine once it becomes available to them. We, we talk a lot about equity, and it's going to be a word that's used a lot in the weeks ahead. Uh, politicians use it in different ways. Scientists like yourself use it. Advocates use it. What, you know, it's one of those phrases that will start to become more charged as we get into this. And I'm just, as someone who is on the front lines of this every day, I'm wondering what vaccine equity means to you and how you see this unfolding in the weeks ahead. Yeah, um, vaccine equity uh, to me uh, means um, really uh, to some degree being guided by the data. Um, you know, uh, we have seen profound disparities with COVID-19. Nationally, the, the uh, fatality rates for both African-American and Latinos has been three times higher than it has been for whites. The number of cases have been much, much higher. And so, so when I uh, think of equity, I'm, I'm looking at not only, you know, how is vaccine, you know, who's getting the vaccine, and, and it really should, should represent to me who's dying from this disease. Like, like those groups that are dying should be getting the vaccine. And I think we are not seeing that um, throughout the country. Uh, I think some of it um, may have to do with the phases. Um, uh, and and for, I'll give you a specific example in the immigrant community, the immigrant community that has been so heavily, especially the low impact Latino community, the, the, the low um, income Latino community has been so heavily affected for reasons that we've talked about. People had to go to work, they didn't have a safety yes. net. Yes. Um, but they're a young community actually but just because they were young doesn't mean they never got sick. In fact, there were lots of comorbidities. People who don't have a doctor may not even know they have a comorbidity. They may not know that they have diabetes. And so what's happening right now is that um, many are not included um, in the phasing. And, and, and that's not only it's nationally, it's because uh, uh, there is a, an understandable focus on, on older groups, but among uh, Latinos and African-Americans, a third of people who have died have been in the younger side. So that's, one barrier. The other one has to do with uh, just logistics. Uh, there's been a, understandably, technology can be a, a huge uh, threat. It's a way to, to, to reach a lot of people quickly, but, but we have to recognize there's technology divides and, and people uh, cannot navigate uh, complicated web systems. Many people don't have email. In fact, in this community, it's uncommon that people have email. So texting and WhatsApp is the way to go if we're gonna use technology. Uh, um, 
and then people don't have a doctor, etc. So, so some of the, I think some of the same disparities that some of the same uh, issues that led to the disparities in COVID are the same issues that if we don't address are going to lead to disparities in vaccine um, uh, access and, and equity. And I think one of those discrepancies is on trust. Um, we have a call center that's been doing a lot of outbound calls to targeted groups, seniors, minority communities. And they're like, how do I know this is real? Or, you know, and it actually helped after we opened the six, I will tell you the uptake went up when we opened the Six Flags site because people saw it on the news and they understood that it was real. Yeah. But a lot of it is, are you sure this doesn't sound real to me? Uh, how do I get that? It's, it's interesting. It was, a, it was a trust was a big factor in those initial rounds of calls. And it's gotten better over time slightly, but you yeah, can tell if there's a, you know. And I, I have a couple of thoughts on that. I think, first of all, that uh, that 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 is certainly re, uh, true um, in, in what I've seen as well. Um, I also have to say that, unfortunately, I have heard of occasions where there, people are taking advantage of this and, and people are getting calls where they're being told, if you pay $200, I'll get you the vaccine. And, and we have had to have you know, information campaigns telling people, you know, this vaccine is free, you should not be paying anyone. So, so, so that will only add to mistrust. Um, but the other thing is that to me, the, the, uh, the most trusted messenger is gonna be your friend and family. And so that's why it's so important to get uh, some access uh, because then people will be able to tell their friends, their family. I, I, do, I have heard a lot of people, and this is in all communities, not just in the Latino immigrant community, tell me, you know, I'll get it when someone I know has gotten it. Right. So in, in every community, there's those people who are really eager to get it. I think if they can get it, then they can hopefully encourage those others that are a little bit more reluctant to, to get it as well. We, um, I think that's right. And so a lot of the calls we get are, are we, we make the calls. It's like, I want to wait and see, or, um, you know, in the nursing homes, you may remember there were just studies that um, it took a few rounds of clinics because people wanted to see their, their friend get it. And then their friend turned out okay after a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, that, you know, as you know, there are these two competing things, speed and equity. Yep. So uh, we just have to keep focusing on both. Um, we get a lot of emails from people that are really just about uh, taking the vaccine. They're people with allergies, people uh, just worried about, just caught up in fear about side effects. Their friend got a migraine, especially after the booster shot. Their friend got a migraine. They couldn't see straight. They had a, they were in bed the next day. Um, what can people do to prepare themselves for getting vaccine? You know, what can people do to prepare themselves? What should they be prepared for after? You know, should they? take medicine after, you know, what, what are you hearing on this? And, and what are those conversations like with patients? Yeah, no, we're hearing the same thing. So first of all, just to, to make it loud and clear, the vaccine is very, very safe. But, but it is true that, that many, many people have a few side effects. These are not serious and these go away within a day. Uh, but it is important that people know about them and are prepared because otherwise it can be quite scary. And, and especially for, for communities that have seen people have COVID, some of these symptoms like having a fever could make someone worry that they have COVID and, 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 and that they, they could be much iller than they are. So, so the, the common symptoms, some of them, you know, it's, it, arm pain seems to be almost ubiquitous. Almost everyone that I know has gotten a pretty sore arm after the, the shot. Um, but uh, a lot of people are reporting, especially with that second shot, um, 
maybe a day of fever, muscle aches, like pretty significant fatigue or headaches. Um, and, you know, remember this is, uh, remember what I said about how the, the uh, vaccines work. They're training your immune system to remember this pathogen, the, the virus. And so that second shot, uh, you know, this is the second time your body sees spike that, that nasty little protein that's the key to getting in. And so it's the second time. So it actually makes sense that that second dose gives you a little bit more of a response because it's your body saying, hey, I've seen you before and your problem, your trouble, you know? And, and so that's good. That's actually from a, from, a, from a response from getting protected, it's a good thing. That doesn't mean it doesn't make you feel a little bad. So right. what I would say to people, you know, be prepared. You may have side effects. It's it's fine um, after the shot to maybe take a Tylenol or two if if as long as you don't have any contraindications. Uh, just to just to because that could happen. Um, and then um, uh, you know, in the overnight, if you're not feeling well, again, if you don't have contraindications, Tylenol, maybe ibuprofen uh, can help. Um, and just know that these symptoms, while uncomfortable, they will go away in a day or two. Um, and are not serious. They're actually a good sign that your body is responding to this vaccine. My last question is, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in the idea that even when the pandemic ends, a lot of the work will just be beginning because we're all going to go back and study what happened and try to make sure nothing like it happens again. Um, even for me as a communications person, I'm going to go back and look at what we did right and what we did wrong. Other things when this rat, when this twenty four seven hamster wheel we're on right now comes to an end, are there things that you're going to be studying? Are there things that you're going to go back and say, "This is what we need to look at"? You know, what what for you is going to be a big focus after the the worst of it is over and behind us? Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, again, uh, I, I work a lot with uh, with low income immigrant communities that have been so heavily hit, but but also, you know, have lots of colleagues with who work with other uh, groups that have been heavily hit. And I think, you know, for for those of us who work in this space, this the horrible impact of COVID nineteen on minority community on on African Americans, Latinos, Native Americans, other groups was really not a surprise because 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 we, we, we knew that there were uh, built-in inequities in our system, whether it was access to care, whether it was, you know, um, other, you know, how information is presented, how, um, who has access to what, quality of care, all these things, uh, and also the lived environment, all of these things, um, you know, we've been, we had seen impact other areas of public health, other other diseases, whether it's chronic diseases, whether it's you know, um, or other infections. So we we were aware. This I think just made it so much worse mm -hmm. because the pandemic was just everything was exponential, ten times worse or a hundred times worse. What I hope though is that we don't forget the lessons learned from from this. And we go back and really think deeply about what structures do we need to set in place uh, to really, um, um, you know, advance uh, health equity, um, which I think has become a little bit of a catchphrase, but really what it is, is like um, giving people more opportunities so that we can all, um, you know, as, as, as one of my patients, but I think she probably heard it somewhere else said, you know, we, we're all in the same storm, but we don't all have the same boat. And I think we need to, to make it uh, work together so that when the next storm comes along, 
uh, we are all in at least similar boats. It doesn't have to be that we're all in a rickety boat where you can barely make ends meet. And on top of it, you're dealing with a pandemic. Um, and so hopefully we can set uh, systems in place to, to start addressing these issues uh, long-term. Well, Dr. Page, thank you so much for joining us today and for your incredible insight. Thank you for all you're doing, uh, you and all those on the front lines for us right now. Thank you to everyone listening today. Be sure to subscribe and rate five stars on iTunes so we can get more great guests and experts like Dr. Page. And we'll see you next time on the GoVax Maryland podcast.